This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. When he's going to play over. Drill toward the bullpen. Camp going back. Won't get there. Off the fence hard. Buxton flying around second. He'll have a triple standing up. Center field, hit deep to the gap. Kepler chasing it. Buxton chasing it. And Buxton leaps and makes the catch and crashes into the fence. All right. Twins, Yankees this weekend, gentlemen. Mackie and Jub with Rami, Jonathan Harrison producing. And it is a write that down Friday here. Five o'clock, we'll make predictions. Most of them are going to be wrong, but we hold each other accountable by tallying up our incorrect predictions. But, uh, The Minnesota Twins are now tied for, I believe, the best record in baseball going into this weekend's games. Is it in all of baseball? I knew it was the the American League. They're actually percentage points up on the Cardinals going into today, and the Cardinals just lost to the Cubs. Oh, so they, today, oh, they, that's they right. did today, or so yes, they lost. That four, actually just that four, actually just finished nice. on an eighty-one pitch complete game gem from Kyle Hendricks. Can we, uh, for for those who it's bad for baseball, <laughs> you can't be good. You can't be throwing eighty-two pitches and going complete games. It's bad for baseball. Uh, for those who didn't catch the tail end of Score North Live with Matthew Collar, him and I got in. We got into a discussion about the Twins and. To what degree is it happening for the Twins this season? Mm-hmm. And I want to run this by you guys because it's, I think sometimes early starts, early hot starts in baseball can be fluky. It's a small sample size. Like in a seven game series, if you took the worst team in baseball, whoever that may be, like the Kansas City Royals, if the Kansas City Royals played the Houston Astros in a seven game series, it's, it's not like the NBA where if, if the LeBron James led Cleveland Cavaliers from a couple years ago or the Golden State Warriors, if they played the worst team in basketball, the Phoenix Suns or whoever it would have been a couple of years ago, like that's a four game series and every game is a 30 point blowout if the Warriors want it to be. Baseball, small sample sizes, things can get kind of wonky. Bad teams can can take three of four from good teams. So I don't want to put too much stock into a small sample of April when we judge the Twins. Mm-hmm. But when you look deeper and you see that everything they're doing was intentional from the offseason or intentional from their build a few years ago. It's not like, whoa, we're hitting a bunch of home runs. That's crazy. They went out and intentionally found Nelson Cruz, Jonathan Scope, and C.J. Crone. Lo and behold, they lead the major leagues in slugging percentage. Not an accident, right? They went out. They drafted Jose Barrios long ago. They watered him. They grew him. And he's an ace now. He's 5-1 and one with an ERA under 3. Not a surprise. Intentional. Jose Barrios is the ace. Taylor Rogers. They fixed a couple things with his pitch repertoire. He's throwing gas. They've 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 turned him into a monster. It's not like he's just flukishly having a great start to the season. He's one of the best relievers in baseball. So everything they're doing that has landed them the best record in baseball is intentional, from yeah. what I can see. So no, far. this is very much a plan coming together, rather than something just popping up out of nowhere. This isn't this isn't the big bang, and there was nothing, and all of a sudden there is something. The Twins 
This is exactly what Falvey and Levine had in mind as they were putting this thing together. They have a bunch of guys who are right in the coming-of-age moment in their major league careers, that age mid to late 20s. They have a handful of guys that are there, and then they have the guys that Phil just talked about that they added via free agency and bought into the long ball and actually bought in kind of cheap when you look at the price that they got some of these guys at. And then they planned on really overhauling their pitching staff, not so much through bringing in great arms, but bringing in arms that they thought they could get just a little bit more out of than either what the Twins were already getting out of them or what whatever team those guys were playing for before they came to Minnesota were getting out of them. And the plan is coming together. It might be coming together a little bit faster and a little bit better than, than maybe even the Twins thought it would as far as the way that this season has started off. But... <laughs> Here's what I like about it, though. Just saying. Here, here's so here's the here's what's smart about it, and goes back to what we talked about on the Thursday show, with this being on two different tracks. This plan for the summer of 2019 comes with a potential to bail out at any time. Cruz can be traded. Scope can be traded. Oh yeah. So so there, there's actually this, this came is, with a parachute. Exactly. But <laughs> this thing but came with a parachute. You ain't going to need to use it now though in the next 2 months anyway. Right. But they but because they didn't know, they they know that they've got guys who are going to be here within probably the next 2 or 3 years that eventually are going to take jobs. But what they didn't know about 2019 was all right, we're not in a great division. There probably there was an expectation that Cleveland was going to be better than Cleveland is now. But also, you know, if things started to go wrong, pitching, things like that, then there's guys that you can trade for prospects. So the smart move in this to me is it's done on, okay, this team might win, and we know we're going to get power. But worst case, if things don't go right, we've got commodities here that teams at the deadline are going to want and so if we have to trade them, we can for more prospects. You can, and, it's, actually pretty, it's very smart. It, 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 I would say it was very smart to, to give yourself that padding, but like even just mathematically, you can throw the parachute away at this point. Because what July 31st, um, I know that there's technically still three months until the trade deadline, but like, how bad would you have to be over the next three months to start trading off the guys that you brought in, you know, the padding guys, right. like the Nelson Cruz's and the Jonathan Scopes? Like you'd have to for sure play ten games below five hundred ball between now and then just to get to five hundred, and even at five hundred at the deadline, you might still be leading this division if Corey Kluber doesn't come back before then. I guess my point was, was that if things hadn't got off to a good start, there was a bailout here. And the other thing to keep in mind is this is far from the finished, polished product. Like this, is, this to me is just a step here. And hey, they're going to hit for power. That's great. But this is a step. But the pop, but the finished, the vision. I think of of Falvey and Levine and probably Rocco now is you know, young shortstop comes up. He's going to take that job probably if not in 2020, 2021. These prospects start to come up here and fill this entire thing out. Which is why the conversation that we had uh, throughout the winter about Sano and Buxton was so important too, because there is a there is a finished product here eventually that could be really good, and and the nice thing about that is if that pays off like we expect it might, it's a sustainable good. Yeah, because it's not just a year or two. If Sano and Buxton and Kepler and Rosario and Polanco, if those guys or enough of those guys didn't pan out. 
you probably don't open the window to start winning until Lewis and Kirilov are up here in 2021. You probably, like Judd just said, pull the parachute, trade Cruz, trade Scope, trade anybody else who's an asset on this team, and get more prospects that would come up around the same time as those guys and then open the window. But you also gave yourself the opportunity and the chance that if enough of those guys did pan out, and you add Nelson Cruz and Jonathan Scope to it, and the other little pieces that they added throughout this offseason, you have a team that can compete with with the Cleveland Indians, especially when the Cleveland Indians lose Clevenger and Kluber in a matter of weeks. How much do you guys think this series this weekend, based on the Twins' problems with the Yankees historically? I know that. You no, know, like- I was going to ask you guys because I didn't know that there was this. Uh, this fear, this stigma when it comes Dude, to the Yankees fear, until, fear. until I got to Minnesota. It's a horror guys, film come to life. You Dude. guys handed me a history of Minnesota sports, and there was a lot of getting beaten by the Yankees in there. And then uh, just talking to you guys over the last few months, I bring up the Yankees, and it's 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 like a ghost just walked into the room. Dude, it is Dave, it's really bad. <laughs> Dave Campbell. The whole mood of this show just oh, changed. No. Rami, it's incredible. Hey, can I bring up a record before you just to, just to illustrate this, and then Judd, take this yeah. where you will. So in the the Ron Gardenhire era, By the way, you're looking really, at your computer screen like you're seeing a ghost. Look at my face right now. <laughs> I'm like a. If you you're guys, watching on the Twitch stream, you guys ever seen that Ghostbusters movie with Rick Moranis, where he's like in the hallway, yeah. and he sees that dog yes. with the red eyes? Like that's Google looking back at me right now with Ron Gardenhire's record against the Yankees. So Ron Gardenhire, and this is from um, no, this is from 2017. So this is a full like decade and a half of Ron Gardenhire against the Yankees. Third in the Twins, the Twins between 2001 and 2017 were mostly really good. Like they had some bad seasons, but most of this damage was done during the period where they were really good. 33 and 89 oh against the Yankees. God. So if you play that out to a full season, 162 games against the Yankees. The Twins would be forty-four and one eighteen against the Yankees in a regular season of one sixty-two. Wow! Oh, it's worse though, and that's just regular season. <laughs> I've that's got not worse even the playoffs, it. right? No, I think that's everything. Okay, yeah. So, our, our friend Dave Campbell, of the Associated Press, uh, tweeted this out today: Since two thousand two at Yankee Stadium, the Minnesota Twins have won fourteen games and lost fifty at Yankee Stadium. That's aggressively bad. That's, that's really that's impressively bad over a, a ton of different players and eras. And I will so to answer your question, I'll start off. So you sweep Baltimore at, at home, and I think we were all justified in saying, okay, that's nice, but Baltimore's awful. You win three or four from the Astros. To me, that's impressive. If this season continues to play out the way that we think it might, I think you're going to look back at that April into May series against. Houston and say, you know what? That showed us something. With the Yankees as decimated as they are by injuries right now, if the Minnesota Twins go into New York and win two of three, I think in three months or so, we'll loop the Yankee series and Astro series together and say that was an impressive stretch of baseball. So I am, if they can win two of three, I am not dismissing it considering. The fourteen and fifty and fifty record at Yankee Stadium since two thousand two. You know what I like about this series? Much like me, a lot of these guys on the Twins don't know nothing about this stuff that you're talking about. This record, this history, 
against the New York Yankees. This doesn't mean a damn thing to, to Rosario. This doesn't mean a damn thing to Kepler or Polanco, especially not to Cruz or Scope, who have played against better teams and, and have gone into, into Yankee Stadium, I'm assuming, with teams they've played on in the past and won. It doesn't, stats like this, I think they do matter when you're talking about the same group of guys going to a place and losing over and over again. A, there is something to it, and then B, it gets in their head, and then and then that actually plays against them even more so than they already had the odds stacked against them. These guys don't care about that, and I don't think they're worried about their history against the Yankees or in Yankee Stadium, and I'm not really worried about the Twins' history against the Yankees or in Yankee Stadium. And maybe that's just my naivete as somebody who hasn't been here to experience yeah. what you guys have in the past. But, let, I mean, this is a beat-up Yankees team. It's not, a, it's not a great baseball team right now. They're not bad, but they're not a great baseball team right now, and they can be beaten, and I don't care what name is on the front of their jerseys or on their hats well, or guy, where they play. Guys who are, who are out right now, Giancarlo Stanton, he's only, he's only played three games. He's just been out. Uh, Aaron Judge... Out. Clint Frazier just put on the 10 day injured list. Luis Severino, he's not picking up a baseball till maybe after the All Star break sometime. So you could argue that those are their three best players Luis Severino, Aaron Judge, and Giancarlo Stanton. None of those guys are playing. You're going to face 35 year old Brett Gardner. Oh, and by the way, Didi Gregorius is out till like August as well. So, like, those, the, those are probably their four, their four best, best players, players. Yeah. not playing in this series. Although is Judge is Judge for sure not playing in this series? When did he get put on? What's his situation? I don't think he is. Not sure. I don't think okay. he is. But you're facing like, and I know some of these guys are off to hot starts. Like Luke Voigt is off to a hot start, but like in terms of fear factor and walking in and seeing the ghosts of like, okay, DJ LeMahieu is a good player, but okay, <laughs> he played with the Rockies for a few years, yeah. right? Um, Brett Gardner, 35 years old. They've got a guy named Mike Ford who's been their DH for the last oh, couple yeah, weeks. Oh, yeah, they've got guys I have no like, clue. Who are some of these guys? Well, what was it? The Max, at one point they had uh, a week or two ago, I want to say the list was they had 11 guys out. Yeah, it's ridiculous. On the IL. So yeah. they're saying that they'll have, Green, an, yeah. they'll have an idea of when Aaron Judge is ready to return to the, line, to the lineup at some point this weekend. Okay. So he's not returning this weekend. So you, not only not only would it be nice to take two or three, you should take two or three from this Yankees team. Now, it, it hurts that Barrios isn't pitching, and it's it's a smaller ballpark, and the Twins don't exactly have a blow-you-away starting pitching staff, so you're, gonna have, you're probably going to have like three dumb pop-up home runs to a jet stream in right center field because that's the stadium. But just this is a depleted team. Go beat, go beat them two out of three, and take this thing into next week. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I say. So you guys feel the same as me. You're not worried about the Yankees. What's to worry about with the Yankees? Not this Yankees team. Wait, 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 wait! I never said that. <laughs> what I said was they should win two of three, and and but no, but if here here's why I disagree a little bit. I disagree with Rami a bit here. Hear me out, because I think if they take two of three, though, that does tell you something. Everything, if the Twins continue to have success, a lot of things, I think, could be looked back on as important benchmarks. How about that? You beat the Astros, three of four, and you get three pitching performances from starters outstanding. That's important to me. So there's a lot of things that if this Twins team can continue to um, cross off the list, including going and, and taking two or three at Yankee Stadium, I'm not dismissing it. Does Jacoby Ellsbury still play for the Yankees? Where does Jacoby Ellsbury play now? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, does he, he still, still play? Right? Yeah. 
Yeah, he's been hurt. Why, why are you asking he's about Jacoby con- Ellsbury? He's, he's hurt like constantly, I think. I feel like he's a twin killer, but he's like 90. I was going to say, I wouldn't worry about Jacoby Ellsbury too <laughs> it's much. It's like flashbacks to Twins teams there, from a few years ago. There's nothing to worry yeah, about this weekend, guys. Jacoby Ellsbury hasn't actually played since 2017, but he could still haunt the Twins. Guys, there's nothing to worry about with this Yankees team. Don't go back to Yankee Stadium. There's nothing to worry about here at all. They're and not, and okay, that's, so that's you got to. The Twins are a better I, baseball team than the Yankees. They are. I agree with Rami. Mm-hmm. He's right. Let's make a pact. If the Twins, let's say the Twins even get if they get swept or they uh-huh. lose two out of three, it doesn't yeah. change my opinion. I oh, know I'm jumping right that, off the, the ship. The Twins no, are still winning I'm, this division. I'm done with this team if they get swept. No, let's take one call on this. And also, it's happening. We had a big, you it's a, a big trade in the Twin Cities. We have to uh, get the lowdown on in the next segment. But just real quick here, AJ in St. Paul is saying it's not happening. Well, I'm not saying it's not happening. I'm saying let's bring facts into the conversation. Do we have to? The pitching is still in the lower half of the major leagues for ERA. The last last teams over the past few years to go deep into the playoffs, Boston, Houston, L.A., Cleveland, they are solid across the starting pitching as well as bullpen. I mean, we got Taylor Rodgers. And then nothing in the bullpen. We've got a couple good starters, and then it gets very, very questionable. That's one part that I think it's going to catch up to us in hey, the long run if AJ, it's not addressed. I got some more facts for you. The, yeah, the Twins hit bombs. Did he just hang up on you? He wasn't hearing any of that. He didn't want to go fact for fact with <laughs> no, Mac. He doesn't want. <laughs> wow. Wowza. <laughs> New segment on the show, P-Max Fact Attack. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are laughing entirely too much. <laughs> You're laughing too much. <laughs> I like how you just play the song. That's your walk-off. The Twins hit bombs. You just play the song. Oh, you man. know what, though? AJ had a point. And that's why. That's why. Yeah, but there's like trades to be made. Which well, that, they, uh, no, I'm not done yet. That's why you get Miguel Sano hot. You get him back up we, here. Can you hey, hitting too hold many? The, hold, on. hold on to that's this. That's a segment. Just hold on to this because I threw it out yesterday. It's I, a segment. I think right, I, but, I. I don't think I was paying attention to you yesterday because I didn't hear this. I don't. I don't know how I missed this yesterday or didn't. That seems a little crazy. Let's get to it. We're, we're <laughs> two things in this next segment. We're going to get to Judd's trade theory, mm-hmm. and we're going to get the lowdown on a pretty significant trade made by Minnesota United FC here. Also, write that down coming up at the top of the hour. Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for just a brief moment. Yep, it's still pothole season, unfortunately. I mean, it's like, can't we go through a winter and not have the roads just like you know, be the, the end of a sci-fi uh, warfare movie? Uh, I feel like I'm just like I'm weaving in and out of potholes, but that's why Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard actually has what I, you know what, I'm going to call it a pothole specialist. They have a full-time person on staff on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard uh, that is there to help bring your vehicle back from the pothole dead, so to speak. Uh they will make sure your alignment is good, make sure you're safe on the roads, and also make sure that uh, make sure that you're not dealing with some tire wear and tear that could bite you in the future. So stop in, 
694 on Brooklyn Boulevard, or go to the website, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Purple Daily. Football has been my love and passion my entire life. Find out what's happening with the purple and talk about it. You and I are not on the same page. That's what makes this more fun. Breaking it down. Do I think that is the Vikings' long-term solution to quarterback to a problem in this town that's been a problem for a long, long time? Absolutely not. Because the Vikings are on your mind all the time, not just during the season. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that all day. I'm not surprised Football wins. Football always wins. Right? Purple Daily on Score North. ScoreNorth.com. Oh, hit well to center field. Kemp's going back. He won't get it because it's in the bullpen. Castro ties the game with his second home run against his former team. Also, was it was it yesterday Miguel Sano hit a couple home runs for Fort Myers? Four for four in the game yesterday. Yeah, it's great to see. Okay. Really encouraging. So go ahead. Really encouraging because Re- really encouraging because you could have you could have Miguel Sano as an added power dimension to this already amazingly powerful Another lineup. Bat. He I've, can play first. He can yeah. play third. He can oh, DH. All he around. can even play. You know he can play outfield too. More right? Absolutely. He play Absolutely played right field at one time. Absolutely. Right, so position I am, flexibility and versatility I, and power. I am pumping his value up as much as I possibly can. I love this kid. The attitude has totally changed. He loves baseball now. Committed to his body and making it look good. He's sculpted. He's hitting home runs. He's going four for four. And I am telling this to every. Major League Ball Club that I can if I am the Twins, who's got starting pitching? Because Miguel Sano, to me, is the trade chip. Miguel Sano is the guy that if you can get him back up here and get him hot enough where he looks like he might be for real, this goes back to a conversation that Mackie and I had on the old show now, two years ago now. It was a Chris Archer Chris Archer. Chris Archer. Would you make that same trade right now? Chris Archer has... Uh, a year and a half late. He's got a. I think it's an option for next year. I'd look long and hard, yes. And he hasn't been that good, but... Well, but here's my problem. I don't believe deep down in my heart, of course, I'm not going to tell rival executives this. I don't believe for one second that this kid is going to get it for a sustained period of time. But I do think he's going to go through periods where he hits the baseball a long, long way. And that looks very attractive. And when you're in need of pitching as much as the Twins potentially are to contend, not for the Central Division, gentlemen, but to contend for a World Series title. I'm talking a championship here. Miguel Sano to me becomes the ultimate trade chip if I can get him back to where I need him. Would you be able to? Here's my question about Sano because I'm all for if you can. I don't trust him long term. I'm not giving him a big contract or anything like that. I just don't. I think he's a DH. He's a right-handed DH. I don't know if he, if he was left-handed. You're, you face about 75 percent right-handed pitching in baseball. So there's a lot more value if you're a left-handed guy without a position because at least you're facing right-handed pitching. It's easier to hit. Right. But you're a right-handed guy and you. At age 25, just hit under 200 and you can't stay on the field. Like, if he shows any sign of life and you can get something for him, I'm all for trading him. But are you really going to get a top end or number two starting pitcher to put behind Jose Barrios for just Miguel Sano? No, like, what's the package? You, you tell me because there are certain guys' prospects that I've got that I'm not trading that are going to be asked for immediately. Kirilov, you can upgrade this team without trading Kirilov and Royce Lewis. So, so what's the package? Because it's going to be it's going to be Sano and something else. You tell me what's the what's the sweetener here that gets that deal done? But Sano from my end is definitely the focal point. I don't think I'd trade Sano. Not not now for two reasons not now. One, his stock won't be anywhere near as as high as it could be. You said you don't you don't you don't buy that he's that he's what'd you say that he's bought in? 
Oh, I don't buy a thing. I, I think or that he's, he will buy in for no, an extended yeah, period think, of time. I think he's destined to go okay. through periods where he looks like he's very good, and and those are fool's gold. So maybe he has a good season, and then you shop him around this coming off season after he's shown for an extended period of time, a large sample size that that he can do it, and that he's going to actually try to keep himself in shape and I got it. Take baseball seriously, but his stock is not going to be high enough at any point between now and July thirty first that I'd want to trade him. I think I got it, gentlemen. Got it. What do you got? I got think this. Trade. I think this is the trade. There's a team in the National League that needs a first baseman desperately enough that they picked up a Twins first baseman. Am I? Am I? Uh, am I right on that? Tyler Austin was already picked oh, up. This is what we talked about yesterday. Yeah, by the San Francisco Giants. Like yeah. they're definitely they're desperate for some corner. Uh, their third baseman is 33, going to be 34, and not performing well at all this year. That would be Evan Longoria. Their first baseman, Brandon Belt. Is 31 years old. He's been okay. But the San Francisco Giants are definitely a team that could use a little boost in offense. Like the San Francisco Giants are, they're rough, man. You go through their order, like Joe Panic's batting 202, Brandon Crawford's batting 192, Evan Longoria is over the hill. Uh, they've got Kevin Pilar. Steven Duggar and Gerardo Parra in their outfield. They just got a bunch Pilar of, like t- two weeks ago. Yeah, they just traded for him. They're just a disaster. And Madison Bumgarner, people are going to look and say, oh, he's one in four. He's he's terrible. (laughs) Madison Bumgarner is still averaging a strikeout per inning. His expected ERA is 3.26, and he has a 43 to 7 strikeout to walk ratio. Madison Bumgarner might not be the same guy he was three or four years ago, but if if you put that Madison Bumgarner next to Jose Barrios in a rotation... And you probably get a little bit more out of him when he gets here and you hand him over to Wes Johnson and the whole team that's been getting Possibly. a little bit more out of all their pitchers. So Madison Bumgarner is a straight-up rental. He's a free agent after the season. Mm-hmm. He's 29. He's going to be 30 in the offseason. He's a straight-up rental. Uh, the Giants aren't going anywhere. They're 13-18. and 18. The NL West has enough competitive teams. Like they're just The Giants will trade Madison Bumgarner sometime in the next two months. I'm just going to throw that out there. Do you think... You could get rental Madison Bumgarner, or would you trade Miguel Sano for rental Madison Bumgarner? I don't think for a rental, no. I really don't. Like I said, I don't. His stock won't be as high as it can be because there is a talented guy in there. When he tries, when he gives a crap, there is a talented guy in there who can put up some numbers. And even if he's not going to do it over an extended period of time, even if he can't string together multiple seasons. Of of being productive, at least let him do it for a season and give other teams a taste of what this guy can do, raise that stock value, and then trade him. And also, you can say the same thing about him that you can about that you were about Byron Buxton before this season. This was the make or break year. And you've been waiting for this guy to to live up to his potential and help you win games. And now you have a team that's winning games and you want to trade him off. Big, I, it just doesn't difference. make sense to me. Big difference. Uh, yes, saying that it was make or break for both those guys is true, but I've always believed in Buxton. Buxton wants it, so no, it doesn't. Hey, real That's quick, before we get Manny on the phone to talk about uh, the Ministry United trade, can you just post a poll, Jonathan, to the Scorner Twitter account? Would you trade, just this simple, would you trade Miguel Sano for... Uh, to rent Madison yeah, Bumgarner. To rent M- Madison Bumgarner for, for the rest of the season. Rami, I'm confused, though. Yes, I, I do, by the way, just so you know. If... It's happening. Uh-huh. Don't you want it to happen? I do. I want Miguel but if you Sano. Want it, but if you want it to happen, no, but you, you're, if it's, it's 2019, it's happening. Mad right. Bomb. It's happening. 
No, it's happening. So Sano has to go. It's happening with Sano. Sano has to go. No, that's not how it's happening. He hit two home runs yesterday. It's happening. I'm trying. It's to already add, happening. It's I, already started to happen. I'm adding pitching. I'm giving you pitching. See, I think I'm pushing you over the edge. Six years ago, Rami would have smacked this Rami for saying this, but pitching is kind of overrated nowadays. This offense, like, score a whole bunch of runs. You don't need that much pitching. And they do that without Miguel Sano. Exactly. Imagine if you took this offense that's already amazing without Miguel Sano and you had Jose Barrios and Madison Bumgarner and then you signed, oh my God. And then you signed Just do Craig, it. Craig Kimberly. Do it. Oh my God. Do it. You know what? We're going to score. We're going to win. Hold on. Phil just passed out. I'm doing it. Oh, they passed those out? I'm putting on the hat. I wanted just one of those. I'm in. Oh, no. I'm in. Mad Bomb. I'm in. Oh. You smile, Judd. You know what Judd right, just show, did? Show your head down a little bit. There we go. Let me get a little picture of Judd. There you know, we go. You That's know what it. he just did? He put a roof on it. That's what he just did. <laughs> feels good right now. <laughs> feels good. The roof feels good. Those are nice. I like those hats. For those who are listening. I've got an extra one. He's, do you really? In, in the trunk of my car. Ooh. Oh. I'm sure you could have it. What would you like for that? Just friendship and for you to agree <laughs> with me on trading Sonoma, maybe? trade him. Okay, good. There we sure, go. Everyone's in. Just give me the hat. <laughs> I really like that hat. Oh, my gosh. And you need it because it's cold at Target Field. <laughs> Mackie and Judd with Rami here. Uh, speaking of trades, by the way, our friends uh, at Minnesota United FC who are off to a fun start and have opened up an amazing new stadium, Allianz Field. Manny Lagos, the sporting director and friend of Mackie and Judd with Rami here. Can you fill us in on the news that came down earlier today? Francisco Calvo traded. Give us a... Give us in the audience uh, a lay of the landscape here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's always a unique day when, particularly in our, our kind of trajectory in the MLS, when he was a part of the original roster. He, he was the last, captain for the last couple of years. And, you know, the way I look at it, he served the club really well, and we're really appreciative and grateful for his uh, participation and, and the kind of effort and service to the club and the community. And we, we just felt like um, as we try to build our identity and try to, to, to grow the roster, uh, the time was right for us to open up a roster spot. And we are part of this international game, and we have what's called a transfer window, and it actually closes on the 7th. So we had to make this deal now or wait till the summer. We decided to make it now and create the roster room that allows us to uh, to make new additions both from a roster standpoint and a cap flexibility standpoint in the summer. How long had the trade talks involving Calvo been going on, and, and how much did the uh, did the ejection he got, and then subsequently he was not used, obviously, in the rotation uh, for your win on Sunday against Washington, did those factor into him being moved? I really said this 100% in the press today, and, and I gave my, my press camp this morning. No, it did not. You know, We cannot take a, a week or a tough moment, or even a tough game, uh, which we all have tough days and tough moments uh, in our careers, and assess from that. This was truly uh, kind of thinking about how we'd start the season, what we liked, what we didn't like, and then just really assessing at this point in the season how we can get better. And, um, you know, uh, the opportunity to do this because the transfer window is closing early next week, uh, combined with what we want to grow and build the roster, combined with uh, we also think we have some young players on the, on the roster that are, are able to step in. Uh, in the meantime, we think it was the time, the right time to do it. Do you think this was uh, the first domino to fall, or do you, do you think that there is more that could happen between next week's transaction deadline? 
I, I don't anticipate. I, I, I'm very cautious, though, because I've, I've gotten caught over the years sometimes uh, saying, I don't think we're going to do anything else before the window closes, and then 48, hour, or 48 hours later we've done something. So, but, but for me, and again, that window will open up in two months' time, so I, I don't think we'll, we'll do a lot more. Um, again, it, it's important, and, and we are sensitive to this is a big move, and we understand for the team, for our group of guys, and for this community that you know, has, has invested in uh, a player that's been important to us, uh, that we we talk about it's not easy to make these moves, but we also realize that the right fit in the right time. Uh, we think this is the right move to get us better, and ultimately, it's really going to be about the group of guys, uh, you know, on the field tomorrow night, continuing to what I, do what I think they've done all year right now, embrace getting better, embrace every week uh, competing, uh, and certainly at home, uh, you know, creating that special atmosphere we've done already. Uh, Manny Lagos is with us here. I'm Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Uh, looking at the MLS table right now, and you guys are four points up on uh, on a playoff spot here, so the, the number six seed in the Western Conference. Is this about where you expect it to be after nine matches played? Is it uh, above or below? What are, what are your thoughts after nine matches? I, I mean, I'm I'm bullish in terms of just the, the amount of away games we have versus home games and, and, and how well we've done on the road, which hasn't been the identity of the team over the last uh, two years. So, But I always put a caveat that, you know, we had some of the games uh, that we weren't happy as we wanted to be in terms of our competing and sometimes just hard luck. Like, we, we played one of our best games of the year in Toronto. We were up 3-2 with about 15 minutes to go. We ended up losing 4-3, and it was a tough loss. And it had a little bit of, of, of individual mistakes that we kind of percolated throughout the club last year. And what I loved is the two games after that were two shutouts, uh, a tie and a win against two very good teams in the league at home. Uh, so to me, um, not just the record, which I think has has definitely improved this time of the year last year, but just, just the mentality of the team to, to recover from adversity and play well has been very encouraging. And, and what's going to happen is tomorrow's a great test, not only for the group because of the transaction today, but because we're, we're bringing in one of the better teams in the league, one of the hotter teams in the league in Seattle Sounders, and uh, that'll be a big test for us tomorrow night. You mentioned those two wins against the Galaxy and D.C. United, two of the better attacking teams in the league, and you got shutouts against them. What was the difference in those two matches than the previous two matches where you gave up seven goals in those two matches and then you get two shutouts in a row? What was the difference in the defense and the way the team played in those two matches that you got the shutouts in? Well, I, I will start with mentality. You know, one of the unique things about uh, soccer is, is how coaches set up the team and system of play. And we didn't set up the same system each game. In the Galaxy, we essentially played a 4-4-2, and we, we had a really outstanding performance from Ozzy Alonso and Rasmus Schuler uh, in that game that I thought really started to set a tone for our back line to play really well. It opened up Brent Coleman and Eichel Parr to just have outstanding games against uh, and the first one against Zlatan Ibrahimovic, one, one of the bigger presence and better players in, in the last 10 years anywhere in the world in soccer. Uh, and then the second game, we switched to, to a three-man center midfield with Jan Gregus, Rasmus, and Ozzy. And again, I thought they set up uh, a good defensive shape that allowed uh, to show the qualities of Brent and, and specifically Ike and his athleticism uh, to shut down Wayne Rooney. And, and they also have another Argentinian player, uh, Luciano Costa, which is the two of them have been blazing through the league over the last year, and, and I felt like these two games just showed uh, that spine of toughness uh, that allowed us to get the points. Manny Lagos, we appreciate you coming on and uh, filling us in on the trade. Calvo um, uh, served uh, Minnesota United well the last uh, couple of years, and you guys will continue on and make a quest uh, uh, for the playoffs. So this Saturday, tomorrow night, 6.30 pregame, John and Dan on the call uh, here 
on Score North, and it's the Seattle Sounders who are going to get beat tomorrow night by Minnesota United FC. So we'll see what happens. Like All right, <laughs> Manny, we'll talk soon, man. Thanks, guys. All right. Um, yeah, 6.30 pregame tomorrow night, 7 o'clock kickoff, Minnesota United and Seattle. Jonathan and Dan Terhar are going to be on the microphones for that one. I like this. Turn the mic on. I like this trade. Nah, keep I, it off. I, I don't know a whole lot, but uh, Kel was the guy that, that melted down in the locker room after a game that I went to yeah. at TCF Bank Stadium last year. And I, Did you uh, witness the meltdown? I was there, yeah, and it was unnecessary. It was just a petulance and childish. Was it fun, though? I was well, like, yeah, well, well, yeah, but I mean, it was just unnecessary. Was there throwing of objects? No, no, no. Oh. It, it was a meltdown of like a childish meltdown. Like he got all upset at reporters and claimed that people were saying things that I don't think that they were yeah, saying. See you, bud. He's not going to be. Well, missed. there were, I, and Ma- Manny wasn't going to answer this, so I didn't, I didn't want to waste a time or a question. <laughs> oh, but I there, tried. There are, <laughs> there are, there are rumors that they could have gotten more for him. Is that true, Jonathan? That they're like the criticism is they could have gotten more in like January. His agent this offseason said there was an offer for like two million, but it's okay. the agent talking, so you don't really know yeah. whether that's true or not. So, and again, like, hey, Mandy, could you have gotten two million dollars a couple months ago <laughs> well, for Calvo? And Calvo didn't play. Well, yeah. So, so <laughs> Jonathan, he got tossed from a game. He got mm-hmm. a red card in the game in Toronto. Is yeah. that correct? It was two very quick yellow cards. Two yellow cards okay. in the span of like thirty seconds. And then he was suspended for for the next game. Yep. Because of the right automatically, card. and then they they decided not to play him the next game, right? Yeah, he wasn't even on the bench. And Heath basically came on his show and said he wasn't going to be in, yeah, in the rotation. Yeah. yeah, he basically he said on his show on Monday that he didn't handle the benching well, that he wasn't going to change the defense, and he just didn't want the he didn't want that in his bench, so he decided not to put him in the eighteen at all. That ordinarily means it's time for guy to go. Yeah, like you might not get. The, the maximum that you could if, if you if you were to hang on to him for six months. But if you've got a good team and a guy's become like that, I'm very comfortable with saying see you That's later, buddy. addition by subtraction. Exactly. Right. Yep. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North, and we highly recommend the Score North mobile app available for both Android and Apple users. You can find uh, on the Android devices, just find it in the Google Play Store. But it gives you live Score North. It gives you on-demand slash podcast Score North and written Score North from guys like Judd and Collar, Derek Wetmore on Twins, Danny Cunningham on Timberwolves. Check it out. It's not the mock that's the problem when we come back here. It's the blatant disrespect. (laughs) The blatant disrespect. Did you disagree to do a Bachelor in Paradise bracket? With somebody in our office here, Phil Mackey. That's awfully judgy. Don't, <laughs> yeah, it is. Don't get him started. Meant that way. Rami, don't get him started. It was meant to sound judgy. <laughs> oh, no, so, it should. Yeah, good for Rami. Mission, mission accomplished. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm to the point in my life where I don't know if I want to be around people that don't like Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> Rami, let's all take right. off. Let's go to the bar. <laughs> well, Bachelor in Paradise is great. It's all the it's all the rejects that don't get picked as, like, the winner. Yeah. And they all, they, they put, like, 30 of them on an island and they serve them booze, it turns into like the real world, basically, but without the jobs. I call it STD Island. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty much that's, it. Yeah. That's pretty much what's happening. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's it. And so Judd, we're going to have a little office bracket. What are you doing with that hat, Judd? It was too hot immediately on top of my head, so now it's on, on my headphones. I really Just like, like those like hats. Take it off. All, all, no, I'm, I'm all in. You wait till write that down. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I like all the uh, like the co-branded team hats. We're doing one my... with the Lynx, the Timberwolves, the yeah. Gophers. That's the is that the Vikings one? What did they do that with the Vikings? With the ear flap? Hat? Oh no, <laughs> yeah, no, the no. ear flap hat. This is just the twin hat. Okay, yeah, the Vikings don't need right. to. They have a roof on their stadium. <laughs> 
Touche. That's good. Hey, put a roof on it. If I didn't you see that coming. I That's want good. a mock. Mock. I want you mock. Right, so we missed this a couple days ago. Yeah, we missed this yesterday, and and I'm very disappointed in us because this is a this was a Mackie and Judd staple, and now of course it will become a staple of Mackie and Judd with Rami. The way too early. Todd McShay, Todd, 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 mock draft yes. that, that he is forced to do and has gone on the record of saying he absolutely <laughs> hates doing immediately after the draft ends. Okay, Todd, Todd, Todd. How many of these picks do you want before I get to the controversial part of this? Um, well, why don't you just go through... Like top five? Sure. Top five picks. All right, okay. Or the, quarterbacks. Just go through quarterbacks. Okay, pick number one will go to the Miami Dolphins, and no surprise, they take Tua, who will come out a year early. Uh, Cardinals will then take it. Bama wide receiver. Let's see. Let's see where the next quarterback. Is. Oh, the next quarterback is uh, at five. The Las Vegas Raiders, which will be official. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we'll take Justin Herbert, quarterback of Oregon, or a Bear if you're from the Bayou. Uh, let's see here. Who else? Uh, that might be okay. Before I get to the Vikings pick, that's it. Just two quarterbacks. Only two quarterbacks. Only two quarterbacks. And so, how, like, and so you probably have to scroll. Pretty far down to get to the Vikings pick, I'm guessing. Like um, Vikings probably, the I, I, it's probably quicker least, to right? start at 32 and scroll the other yeah, way. Is my guess. I'll, hold on a second. That's a really good point because I'm looking yeah. here. Because I mean, part of these mock drafts is yeah. where, you, where, like, where you're picking is sort of a reflection you know, on where they think you're going to be at it, the end of the right, year. Exactly. It's funny yeah. they've got the Saints at 32. They've got the LA Chargers at 31. The Saints at 32. Yeah, so they're winning the, the Super Bowl. According they've got a Chargers Saints Super Bowl. Yeah, they got the Packers at 27. McShay is going out. Now here's where I Packers at 27. Okay. Here's the disclaimer, though, because clearly McShay has heard from people about this for years now saying, how do you decide what what makes you such an expert in bold? It says at the very top of this mock draft, I didn't decide on the draft order. It was generated by football outsiders using its early, early projected records for the 2019 season. They forecast a range of possibilities for each team's offense, defense, special teams based on numerous factors, including personnel changes, three-year performance, standard regression toward the mean (laughs) and schedule strength. Okay. So basically football outsiders thinks that the chargers and the uh, uh, saints are going to play in the Super Bowl. Correct. Okay. And the Packers are going to win the, NFC North, obviously, if they're they have the twenty seventh pick, correct. So now I'm scrolling backwards to find the Vikings. I hear the see here the Jets. Here are the seems Ravens. like there's a lot of scrolling. Here are the Browns. Yeah, there's a lot of scrolling here. Let's see where they I feel have, like you uh, probably missed the Vikings. Yeah, go, yeah, probably, no, go, back, back, go back to like twenty eight or twenty nine. Oh, 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 here it is at uh, twenty three. The Detroit Lions. Oh wait, hold it's, on, that's not the Vikings. Uh, oh, I finally found them drafting fourteenth overall. The Lions are drafting twenty third. The Lions 23rd. are drafting twenty third. The the Vikings football outsiders has the Vikings drafting fourteenth and the L and the Las Vegas Raiders drafting thirteenth, wow. taking a pick they got from the Chicago Bears. Oh, so he's projecting a trade or is this from a pre no, 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 they already got that pick. Okay. So but they got the Bears finishing last correct. in the division and having the thirteenth pick in the draft. So okay. So it's clearly a typo here for the Vikings to be picking fourteenth. Todd, Todd, Todd. Well, who does he have him picking incorrectly? Raquan Davis, defensive tackle, Alabama. I wanna mock. mock! Okay. Davis is a six foot seven menace along the defensive line. I love his agility and the way he fights through double teams. He had five and a half TFLs in 2018. All right, Raekwon's Davis. Oh, uh, that's uh, awfully disrespectful. Okay, so here's the so here's the question: If Football Outsiders is correct, and if McShay is correct, who is making this draft pick for the Minnesota Vikings? Not Rick Spielman. Nope. 
and not Mike Zimmer. <laughs> well, well, what is 14th? That's that's got to be like seven and nine. It's a third place finish. Yeah. Well, so they're saying that well, they got the Bears last place. Okay. Interesting. Um, I, I'm thinking. So if your question is, let's flip it around. What gets everyone fired is the question, right? Yes. I don't think it's an automatic if they miss the playoffs. If they go, if they go nine and seven and the offense looks really good, and like I could see a, a scenario in which, well, that was disappointing, but man, they look pretty good. Let's ride it out with these guys for one more year and just attach Kirk Cousins' contract to Rick Spielman to Mike Zimmer for one more ride. So I don't, I won't go as far as saying if they don't make the playoffs, everyone gets fired. But if they draft 14th, that means they finish below 500 almost certainly, yeah. right? Everyone gets fired. <laughs> then everyone gets fired. Everyone gets fired. Robbie yeah. just cleared it up. Yeah. Yeah. Which I already predicted Gary Kubiak will be the head coach of the Vikings before the end of 2019. So are you like, when with write that down, are you going to try to align all of your takes the rest of the year yes. based on your write that down yes. prediction? So yeah. just to be... Good luck with that. <laughs> That's been tried before. I think we used to do that. Like, oh, well, I predicted this back no. in May, and so I need to hone my... I create my own reality, so to speak. <laughs> my, my, advice, down, Thanos. my advice to you as a veteran of write that down is to Spray. make your predictions <laughs> and, then the dis- field. and then distance yourself from said predictions as quickly as possible by saying things like, I don't remember that. I don't recall that. I never said that until Phil reads it back <laughs> Oh my gosh! So yeah, he got him fourteenth. They got him fourteenth. All right, how about that? Well, hey, real quick. Speaking of uh, creating your own reality, Judd told me something very disturbing before the show. Oh yeah, said he had a dream that involved me. Yes. and that was as far as he would go. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's all I know. So, and I'm very weirded out. Okay. What? Ha- what? Okay, so this what, is going to start with a question for you guys. <laughs> On Fridays. I have the luxury, if I want, of sleeping in. Yes, same here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you know and or embrace the fact that if you you are still a little bit sleepy, but could certainly get up, but you go back to sleep, that you like trigger a series of bizarre dreams? Like the longer I sleep, the more bizarre my dreams get. Like I have, if I sleep till, I think I, I think I went back to bed today after Don left for work and I slept till like 11.15. And by 10.30, I think my dreams were just all over the Yeah, I would say like dreams get, I, I get the the weirdest part of my dreams are always like right when I'm about to wake up. Because yes. I'm like, you wake up in the middle of a weird part of the dream and then you kind of want to go back and finish it just to see what happened. Yes. Unless Rami's in it, in which case I'm good just waking <laughs> up. With it. So this was a dream that, that I probably had at, I don't know, approximately 10.45 this morning in which I was... I was going to Wild Games, but I didn't have a car. So I was walking home to St. Louis Park from St. Paul. And and like the first time I walked down 94, which was crazy, to the freeway to 394, and then like found paths home or something. So then in, in the continuation of the dream, I went to another game without a car. I got to 394. And I realized you lived right there, like on the freeway, which was bizarre. So I'm like, I'm going to stop. Wait, am I homeless in this area? No, like no, your home, no, your home is like okay. on the freeway. And so in the dream, I decide, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop at my buddy Rami's house and ask for a ride home. So I get to your door and you like, you lived in this, it's like a rambler. It wasn't that nice a house. I'm sorry. <laughs> It was sort of. How dare you? It was sort of beaten up, and uh-huh. and I get to your house and I knock, and you were like, "Hey, what's up?" I'm like, "Can I get a ride home?" And I thought, in the dream, I thought that you'd be thrilled. You'd be, "Oh yeah, of course," but you weren't. 
You were sort of a Richard about it. And so you're like, I guess I could give you a ride home. So then, like, attached to your house was a convenience store that, that sold comic books. And you, like, made me go to this comic book store. So the Arab lives in a convenience store. Real oh, nice, John. No, you didn't Real live, nice. No, you didn't live in a convenience store. You were, it was adjacent to it. You didn't even work there. You still this, is very, this is very Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like that. It was adjacent. It was adjacent. It was adjacent. It was adjacent. Yes. And so the last part of the dream was you were trying to get onto the free, freeway, but your driveway was, like, attached to it. And all these cars are coming going, like, 80 miles an hour. <laughs> So I'm looking for an opening, and you're looking for an opening to back out of my driveway to get to get onto the freeway. No, you actually had the car turned around, so okay. you weren't backing out. But the last part of the dream is you're trying to get on there, and like cars are like colliding in front of you. And I don't know what this dream meant, but I thought this is the most bizarre dream. And then I occurred to me, why is Rami in this dream? <laughs> And then I woke up, and that was it. You can't quit Rami. No, evidently not. I'm glad that's all it was. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. No, it was not. It was weird. Okay, good. That's that's much weirder than the the weird dream I thought I had earlier this week, or the Uh dream that I thought was weird earlier this week. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I woke up. So uh, our cat, Tigger, we had to put him down like three weeks ago. It was sad. I love animals and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I had the most vivid dream that, like, I woke up, and Tigger was sitting. You guys ever seen Pet Cemetery? Yes. And like fra- frazzled Tigger was sitting in the doorway. Oh okay, that's. And he goes downstairs, and I was like, "Oh my god, where have you been?" You know. <laughs> but he was like a different version of Tigger. It was just like Pet Cemetery. Wow. Was just Is there like, like an eye falling out. <laughs> no. He was just like really frazzled and sort of. Like, oh my god! You know, in some ways, that's just as weird or weirder. <laughs> Here, kitty, kitty. Oh. <laughs> oh my God, where have you been? I love we, that. I thought we put you down. Like, where have you <laughs> been, buddy? <laughs> Feed me. Feed me, clown. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. I don't remember most of my dreams. I really don't. Jonathan, don't do you remember any of your dreams? I don't know what that means. Or a Judd and I on an island here. Not off the top of my head, but there are moments where I'll remember them and I'll be like, what the heck you guys, was I dreaming about? You guys never have situations where you wake up in the, like, in the middle of something that feels real and you're like, Okay, oh, yeah. I need to feel this yeah. out first. Oh, yeah. most okay. definitely, yeah. All right. But but I stay, so as a kid, I couldn't stand that because it'd be scary and I'd wake up and be frightened. But now I purposely don't go wake back up. To sleep? No, no. I, I think to myself, this is a terrible dream, but I am not going to wake up because I got to see where, where this goes. Yeah. So now I see him through on purpose. <laughs> don't you do that? No. I told you, I don't remember you most of out. my dreams. Do you? <laughs> you just get out. And if they're freaky, nah, yeah, man. no, I'm not going back. If it's freaky, I'm just like, nope. Make I'm just going to go play video games, man. Like, I'm done sleeping for the night. That's, wow. This chance is over. No, I'm, I'm more with Judd. I'm more. I'm very curious about, Just I want to keep going down the path. Where does it go? Yeah. what happens, yeah. No, I'm good. Yep. See if I run into Freddy Krueger or something. <laughs> or your poor dead cat. Yep. Tigger. Hey, Tigger, what's going on? Where I thought we put you down two weeks ago. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Write that down, predictions, and an accountability session next on Mackie and Jeb with Rami and the All-New